0: Good morning, Central Baptist Church Saints, and good morning to you two who are joining us from around the country or even around the world. And may God bless you as you hear God's word and join us this morning for our virtual service. We, I want to take you to God's word in John chapter 13. John chapter 13, and we're going to read verse 34 and verse 35. John chapter 13, verse 34 and verse 35. Let me read from God's word and we'll continue with what we ha- what the word of god has to say to us today John chapter 13 verse 34 to verse 35 a new commandment i give to you that you love one another just as i have loved you you also are to love one another by this all people will know that you are my disciples if you have love For one another. This is God's word. Let us pray. Our dear Heavenly Father, our Lord and God, we thank you for this morning. We thank you that we can draw near to you to hear from you, and you speak clearly indeed in your word. May our ears, our spiritual ears be opened. May our hearts be ready to receive your truth. May our lives really, um, respond um, to your word that we may be led in the ways that please you in your will glorify your name oh father in the preaching of your word give me clarity of speech and clarity of thought as we dive into your word in the wonderful name of our lord and savior jesus christ amen if you're taking notes the title or the topic of today's sermon is let love reign among us let love reign among us. A couple of years ago, there was an article that ran in the Sunday World newspaper of a man who was arrested for impersonating a police officer. And what is interesting about the story is that the man worked a couple of months as a police officer. He wore the police uniform. He responded to criminal activities and even arrested criminals. But what gave him away was something very simple. Writing an affidavit, he couldn't write it the way police officers are taught to write at the training academy. When they and and when they started being suspicious of this man, they looked into his um, background. They discovered that he did not go through the academy. He was not actually a police officer, but he was an impersonator. He was a, 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 a thief. He elects something that marked out real police officer. He was a fake police officer. It is the same with Christians, I believe. Uh, This passage that we just read tells us that Christians or disciples of Jesus Christ are to be marked out by love. What should crown our interactions and our relationships with one another as believers should be love. Love is a badge that uniquely marks out believers as those who belong to Christ. In 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 13, uh, Paul tells us that love is the greatest Christian quality. In Galatians chapter 5, verse 22, he tells us again that love is a fruit of the Spirit. In Colossians chapter, 4, chapter 3 verse 14, he describes love as the highest of all virtues, as the perfect bond of unity. And here in John chapter 13, 34 to 35, we find Jesus giving his departing words to his disciples. Chapter 13 to 17 it is the farewell address of Christ to his disciples before he goes to the cross. And it is clear here that the issue of love among the disciples is close to his heart. We see it most clearly in his high priestly prayer in chapter 17. The the, the burden of his heart is that his disciples would be marked out by love for one another. In verse 26 of chapter 17, Jesus says, I made known to them your name, talking to the Father, and I will continue to make it known that the love with which you have loved me may be in them and I in them. Here's the point of verses 34 to 35 in one sentence. The, The most powerful and compelling testimony about the Christian community to the watching world is when we are marked out by love for one another. And a lack of love is a bad testimony against Christ. And moreover, a testimony that we we, we we don't know Christ at all. We see here in the words of Christ three compelling truths about love among God's people. Three compelling truths about love among God's people: the command to love, the example to love, the testimony. To love. Let us look at the first one, the command to love. Notice the first sentence there in verse 34, a new commandment I give to you uh, that you love one another. Uh, First, let us ask what it means uh, by the word new. Uh, obviously, it does not n- mean new in terms of new of time, new in time. The, 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 the book of Leviticus commands the Israelites to love their neighbors as they love themselves. Warren Wesby explains here that it means a new experience, a, a, a fresh experience. It is the opposite of worn out. Love would take on a new meaning and power because of the death of Christ on the cross. With the coming of the Holy Spirit, love would have a new power in their lives. Close quote. I want you to notice here that the call to love in this passage is a command of Jesus Christ. It is not a suggestion. It is not a nice opinion. It is a. It is commanded. Because Christians are people that are marked out, that are to be marked out by love. It is a command from Christ. You see, uh, Christ is looking at his disciples and is saying to them, "I'm giving you this command, and and the command is that you must love one another." In First Corinthians chapter. Thirteen, verse 1 to, to, to 4, what we see here, we see love is elevated over and above what we consider to be extraordinary. In, in other words, we must be marked by love uh, more than anything else as, as Christians to the world. I, 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 Paul here um, makes love the, the greatest virtue uh, above speaking in the tongues of men and of angels. He, he makes love uh, as being over and above prophetic powers, mystery, knowing mysteries and knowing, having all knowledge. He, 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 he says it is, it, 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 love is greater than having the kind of faith that moves mountains. He says, you can have all these things. You can speak in the tongues of men and the tongues of angels. You can um, have prophetic powers and know all mysteries. But if you have have not love, you are nothing. As Christians, we are to be marked by this virtue of love. We, We should not miss the importance of this command that Christ is making here. Whenever we see a command in the Bible, we must also see the implication behind that command. What is the implication here? There are two implications. First, The, the first implication is that there is a tendency to act in ways that are unloving and say things that are unkind towards one another as Christians. Jesus spoke of the last days in Matthew chapter 24, verse 12, saying, because lawlessness will be increased, the love of many will grow cold. And isn't that what we see? In the world around us isn't that what we see in the world around us Christ speaks of a world that is given to selfishness and self-centeredness but but Christians must be marked by a distinctness by a a difference a, a separation from the world they must be marked by a different principle they must be marked by something that shows that they are not of the world but unfortunately When Christians, instead of being different from the world, they reflect the world. Instead of believers loving one another, they are marked by gossips, quarrels, divisions, conflicts, and disregard for unity. They are marked by a hatred towards one another. A hatred that is sometimes even manifested through racism. Again, we, we, we look at even in the family A family that must be governed by Christ. A husband forgets Christ's command to love his wife as Christ loved the church, but instead he becomes harsh with with his wife. Contrary to what Colossians chapter 3 verse 19 says. On the other hand, the wives, instead of loving their husbands, respond in ways that show defiance instead of submission. Secondly, the second implication that we see is that what Christ calls us to, he empowers us for. In other words, and this is very important, in other words, when we are commanded as Christians, we are commanded out of the idea that we are empowered by the Holy Spirit who will enable us to walk in the ways of God. We are enabled by the Holy Spirit to obey the word of God. By ourselves, obviously, we cannot do that. In John chapter five, 15, verse 5, Christ tells his disciples, without me, you can do nothing. And it is true even here. But what Christ calls us to, he empowers us for. We must recognize that as believers, we have the Holy Spirit who empowers us to to walk in the ways that are pleasing to God. The Holy Spirit points us to the perfect example of Christ's love for us. And we see this, this in the second compelling truth about love for one another as God's people. We see it here, the example of love, the example of love. You see, love is exemplified most beautifully by Christ. Notice the words from our Lord, love one another just as I have loved you. You also are to love one another. You see, our love for one another must emulate, must imitate, must copy and replicate the love of Christ for us. That the love of Christ for us is the perfect example of how we must love one another. That the love of Christ for us is a blueprint of how we must interact and relate with one another. The context of John chapter 13 of... Christ, washing the feet of the disciples, shows us first of all um, that that for love to truly reign among us, we must not put our interest above those of others, but must be above all servants to one another. Uh, What could be more exemplary? than that the Lord of glory stooping down, wrapping a towel around his waist and washing the feet of his disciples. What could be more exemplary than that? Exemplary servanthood. In John chapter, chapter 13, verse 14, this is what he says after washing the disciples' feet. He says, If I then, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 25 to 27 further describes Christ's love using action-orientated terminology. He loves the church with sacrificial love. He gave up himself. He loves the church with voluntary love. He gave up himself for her. And nothing was compelling him or was pushing him to love the church. But he loved her and gave himself up for her. In other words, the love of Christ was sacrificial. It was voluntary. It was a love that was not compelled by something else, but by compelled by his grace. You see, what compels us to love one another is because Christ has loved us, even in our unloveliness. What compels us to love one another is the fact that in the mary clay of our sin, Christ died for us. And when we were most unlovely, Christ drew us to himself and displayed highest love. Isn't that what Romans chapter 5 verse 8 says? That he displays his love towards us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. And he calls us to love one another and to emulate his love for us towards one another. His love, he loves with a love that seeks the good of the church. How How are we to emulate this love that Christ has towards us? Well, 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 4 to verse 8 shows us what love truly looks like and what love is in the, in the community of God's people. Listen to what Paul says. As he speaks of love in in poetic fashion, he says love is patient and kind. Love does not envy or boast. It is not arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own. It is not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice at wrongdoing, but rejoices with the truth. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things, and love does not end. This is love towards one another, that we are to be patient with one another. We are to be kind towards one another. We are not to envy each other or boast. We are not to be arrogant or rude. We are not to insist on our own way. We are not to be irritable with one another or resentful. We are not to rejoice at wrongdoing, but, but we are to rejoice with the truth. We are to bear with one another, to believe, all, uh, to believe good things about each other, to hope all things about each other, to endure each other, and, and to, to love with a love that never fails, a love that never ends. Our love must take the love of Christ for us as an example. We must love each other in such a way that we do not count ourselves as more important than other people. We love each other with a selfless love, a sacrificial love, a voluntary love, a love that truly cares, and seeks the good of the other. So we see here that the the compelling truth about God's love is first we see the command to love, the example of love, and thirdly and lastly, the testimony of love, the testimony of love. It is a love that speaks to the world, That testifies that something has truly happened in this community of people. Look at verse 35. By this, all people will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. You see, the words of Jesus are an answer to an important question How is the world to know that we are Christians? What is the the thing that should set us apart? When the world looks at the Christian community, what are they to conclude about the Christian community? Let let, let me say this as a footnote. We've witnessed in the past few days, especially in America, turmoil over racism. You see, and, and what we have noticed, even with our country, um, you know, uh, the history of our country where we are from, we sadly observe that the church has been quiet when it should have had their loudest voice. Instead of the church speaking out against racism, unfortunately, the church was also involved. Our testimony to the world is tarnished when a divided world looks at the church and instead of seeing the church being marked out by love and unity, sees the church as divided as well. God, Jesus Christ, here says our love for one another must say something to the world, it must testify. To the world that we are his disciples. In other words, it testifies of his gospel work in our lives. You see, the gospel takes people who are otherwise, uh, who otherwise would not come together, and it brings them together and makes them one. The people of a different nationalities, people of different skin color, people of different ethnic backgrounds and brings them together and unites them as one. The heart of Christ for his church was that the church will be made up of all nations. And and when the world looks at the church and it sees all nations, it will see the greatest unity that is seen nowhere else. Like in Ephesus, in in, in 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 Philippi, where a Philippian jailer, a businesswoman, and a slave girl are considered to be brothers and sisters in Christ, are united because of Christ. This is what must mark us out as the church. The church must be marked out by the fact that despite our differences, all our backgrounds, our skin color, our ethnic backgrounds, our nationalities, we are united in him because of what he has done for us on the cross. And he loves us. And we love him. And because we love him, we love one another. His love compels us to love one another. We punish. We tarnish our testimony when the world looks at the church and they see division. They see division across racial lines. They see division across socioeconomic lines, division across nationalities, division across ethnic backgrounds. The world needs to see the work of Christ in his people. Francis Schaeffer considered the question, how is the world to know that we are Christian? In a famous essay titled, The Mark of a a Christian. This is what he says, I quote, Through the centuries, men have displayed many different symbols to show that they are Christians. They have worn marks uh, in their lapels, on their coats, hung chains about their neck, even had special haircuts. But there is a much better sign, a mark that has not uh, been sought up just as a matter of expediency for use on some special occasion or in some specific era. It is a mark, it is a universal mark that is to last through all the ages of the church until Jesus Christ comes back. Love and the unity it attests to. It is the mark of Christ, it is the mark. Christ gave Christians to wear before the world. Only, this mark, only with this mark, the world know that Christians are indeed Christian and that Jesus Christ was sent by the Father. When the world looks at the church and they are marked by love, the world will know that indeed Christ has done his work in his people. We, 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 when we do not love one another when we are marked out by division we present a bad testimony to the world about the gospel we're saying the gospel that we say is a transforming power of God is not transforming us at all we lie against God to the world we are to be mocked by love. Uh, this is what stood out among, uh, about the church in the second century. Um, this is what bewildered and left unbelievers scratching their heads when they looked at the church. Tertullian, an African church father in the second century, quotes what unbelievers were saying about Christians. When they saw Christians, they would say things like, behold how these Christians love each other, how ready they are to die for each other. That their mutual love was the magnet which drew the pagan multitudes to Christ. Love has the potential to do so even in our day even in our racially divided world love has the potential to show the world that christ truly transforms is this true of you are you marked by a a love for your fellow brothers and sisters that your unbelieving neighbors are puzzled by it are drawn to it? Or do you gossip and, and speak evil to your, uh, to your unbelieving neighbors about those you claim to be your brothers and sisters in Christ? Notice that Jesus Christ says here, loving one another, says to the world, You are my disciples. Here's what that means it means that these people, these people, are people that have been transformed by the gospel. These people are people that are taken out of darkness into God's marvelous light. These are people that are no longer dead in their sins and trespasses, but are alive in Christ Jesus. These are people that are no longer old creatures, but are new creatures, because new things have come. A loving community, is the visible authentication of the gospel. Is it truly loving one another comes out of an understanding of God's love for us? And what motivates our love for one another is that we are loved. We are loved. And loved people love people. Loved people love people. In 1 John chapter 4 verse 19, the apostle says, we love because he first loved us. We love because he first loved us. He loved us. He gave himself to display his love towards us. He loved us. He he took on flesh and walked among us. He he loved us. He, He drew us to himself. And made us his people. He loved us. That is why John celebrates the love of God when he says, Behold, how great a love the Father has displayed uh, by, by making us his children. And such we are. We are his children because he loved us. And children of God that are drawn by the love of God to God are to be characterized by the love of God towards one another. Amen.